I'm here with Sean Brown. This is Bobby Duren, uh once again for 24-7 Sports. Sean, how are you today? Um, you know, we're a lot to talk about as always. Uh, it, it's good to be here. Um, you know, although there there isn't as much sports as we, we usually anticipate around this time of year, it's good to have something to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> it's funny because there isn't sports, but yet we have – you know, extensive conversations every day, sports related. Um, we have the, the, you know, football recruiting going on. And even though there's, there's no uh, visits on campus or on campus, of anything um, pretty much in terms of recruiting, there's still a lot to talk about a lot of commitments uh, more so than, than there has been uh, in previous years at this point in time. Um, what do you make out of the way this thing has shaken out? Rutgers now with 21 commits, um, a lot more commits across the entire nation. Uh, we just saw the first one, uh, first decommit from Rutgers and Stephon Johnson uh, out of Florida. Um, do, do you see more of that coming? Or do you see guys staying locked in? Do you see visits? What what can we expect? I know there's no, you know, clear answer, but but what are your impressions? You know, it's it's tough to say. Um, you know, there's nothing firm but rumbling saying that once the this current dead period uh, ends on August 31st, that maybe there won't be exactly an extension of it, but there may not be college visits uh, with with staffs. I mean, you, you do see some some players, and you haven't heard about as much with with Rutgers, but with some other schools where prospects are going to visit the campus with their families by themselves uh, on their own dimes to at least get a feel for the campus and the environment and the layout, but they're not able to since it's a dead period to have any correspondence with the the football coaches or anyone affiliated with their respective programs. Uh, you know, so it's it's interesting the 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 theory some people are having uh, that you know coaches are worried about you know that they haven't been able to have control over who you know prospects and who they've been spending time with uh in coming from different parts of the country especially in new jersey you see i think it's either 31 or 34 states now where if you know you you're traveling from that state or you you're from new jersey you go to that state and come back then uh, you're asked to to quarantine for for two weeks right so th- there's an issue uh college coaches may have just worrying about where prospects are coming from and and having them on campus and and possibly you know uh you know if they're carrying uh you know coronavirus and possibly getting the team sick as these programs are, are trying to do as close as they can to keep their their teams confined so that they can have a season so it's 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 going to be uh difficult uh to to see visits at some point in time unless maybe it's some people that are, are local from the immediate area uh in new jersey yeah and you know it's interesting you said people are going to make visits really unofficial unofficial visits because um i talked to a few recruits this week they want to get in the car and come down and check out the Rutgers campus or various other campuses, uh, you know, just to, to, to get a feel for it, to say, hey, you know, if I'm going to go here, I want to at least know what the place is like. Uh, it's, it's kind of a really different feel to it. Um, and in, in terms of early signing, I mean, do you see guys swaying from their commitments now? Um, it, being as though they might not be able to get a chance to visit, do, do you see less likely of a chance for guys to decommit? I mean, for, for Rutgers, they, they had, you know, a great situation that they got a lot of these guys, uh, the local guys on campus in February and March, you know, some of these guys were on campus multiple times and they got a chance to, 
you know, see the new staff face to face, spend time with them. And, you know, it wasn't just like how a lot of student athletes now are getting to know these coaches via Zoom and, you know, players on, on respective programs, but they've never been in the same room with them. They've never gotten, you know, a vibe, whether positive or negative from them and vice versa for these coaches staff. So Rutgers had that luxury. I, th- I think I had posted it on, on the board, if, if I remember correctly, and I'm, I'm looking at the commitment list now, I think uh, of the how many commitments do they have now of 21, 21 commitments, uh, you know, all but six have visited campus uh, since Greg Shiano and the staff have been put in place. I don't think too many other under the universities can can say that. So they they've you know, at least for this recruiting cycle, you know, if, if staffs were in place already. Uh, but since the staff's been in place, you know, the majority of the commitments have spent some time on campus, got a chance to know the coaches face-to-face, got a chance to meet their families, and, and vice versa. Because, you know, people always think about, oh, the student-athletes coming to campus and, you know, are they going to like my team or are they not? But they, they tend to forget that having – you know, prospects on campus is also part of the vetting process for respective colleges as well. A guy can have an offer, come to campus, you know, something doesn't sit right with the coaching staff, uh, the, the chemistry's not there, and they say, you know what, we're we're going to drop this guy on our board, and we're not going to recruit him further. Uh, so the, the synergy was met on both sides. Rutgers had that in their advantage. You know, there, there are some guys that are they're further out uh, that who knows when I make it to campus, but that was one of the things you noticed uh, with, with – uh, the guys they targeted, you know, they were guys that had a, a prior connection to, to Greg Schiano or, you know, guys they got some FaceTime with on the road before things shut down. So it's there's not too many recruits that are that are out of the blue in this in the staff, in this class and that are committed and that are really unfamiliar. Maybe maybe Munderland, the most recent one, but mm-hmm. uh, and, and Toth as well, who's a guy that his contact was only, you know, Rutgers evaluating and reaching out. But other than that, there there is some sort of uh, familiar aspect for most of these recruits in this class. And, you know, uh, they haven't offered as many as these other schools. I went through the numbers and, and we updated, you and I both updated the, the database to to reflect who has a, an offer now under Greg Schiano's, um regime as opposed to Chris Ash. And, and there's 100 offers now with um, the one in the wide receiver from Michigan. Um, what do you make of that? Because they have 21 commitments out of 100 offers. And, you know, you're seeing schools like Maryland in the 300s, Indiana, um, you know, Penn State is all guys. Uh, what do you make of the fact that Rutgers is really selective with their offering? You know, it's it's what, you know, and people like to refer to Shiano 1.0, 2.0. Uh, so we'll use that here uh, to relate mm-hmm. to the to the, the board. Uh, you know, <laughs> okay. Shiano 1.0, it, it was it was getting similar to a point where he wasn't throwing out a, a ton of offers, especially in state. Uh, and they were, you know, very particular in, in the guys they recruited. And you're, you're seeing some of that carry over now, but even they weren't as aggressive in Florida. And maybe that's because um, – I know uh, Jim Panagos was on the road down there. Uh, I know that Taekwon Underwood was on the road down there as well. I think Fran Brown got down there as well uh, before things cut off in terms of the evaluation period. But they they were not as aggressive in Florida as they they had been in you know in the previous time. And Shiano was there. But when you look at the other schools, and you mentioned the amount of offers. The number of offers that Rutgers made is, is leaning closer to the universities that have to be more selective, uh, like a Stanford or, or Rice, for example, or Northwestern, where they, you know, they 
it's difficult to get admitted to those schools. Uh, so it's it's leaning towards that, you know, selective uh, vibe. And it was one of those things I, I remember in Chiano's first time towards the end, you know, there were, there were guys who were power five prospects that, you know, went other places and, and you know, had solid careers, but they, they coveted that Rutgers off. It was, it was like a notch on their belt at that point in time. And it's the way between Chiano carrying himself and, and, and wanting that offer, especially for the local guys, it, it, it meant something, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a good thing. And I think, you know, you see the, the class they're putting together now, if they continue to have some success on recruiting, on the recruiting trail and also, you know, put together a good product on the field, it'll help make that Rutgers offer more, more um, coveted for local prospects, especially, but as, as well as how they're recruiting around the nation. Mm-hmm. Good point. And I can remember, you know, when Chiano used to offer people, he would offer them in person. And sometimes if a guy, you know, he didn't feel if the guy was was wanted it enough or, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't offer him. Um, so it, it's definitely a change in, in what we've seen in the past when, you know, Chris has had his assistants tossing out offers on the road and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I want to move on to the class of 2022 because now we're starting to you know, well, we've been familiar with them for a while, but fans are starting to familiarize themselves more with them. Uh, Rutgers has, you know, 21 commitments, so there's only so much room for 2021s. Um, class of 2022, you were out at the PSR showcase, uh, saw some guys last week. What's your impressions of that class as a whole in New Jersey, I should say? Well, the the one thing uh, a lot of people, the first thing most people talk about is the the quarterback class in in state in 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 the region as well. When you in, include um, Harry Bellin from New York City, who I spoke to earlier today, and and uh, Braden Davis down in Delaware, and um, uh, Dean uh, Prabula from uh, Central Central uh, Pennsylvania, who's likely going to commit to Penn State next week. But these are those are guys also that received uh, offers from Rutgers. But when you when you look at in state in the the four quarterbacks that they've offered in this class, it's you know, I, this is, I think, my 10th season working working with you guys. And, and mm-hmm. th- you know, on paper, this is the most highly recruited, uh, you know, highly sought group of quarterbacks in, in state. And it's, you know, you see year by year in New Jersey, it, New Jersey was never known for quarterback play in prior years. And bit by bit, you started seeing more guys starting at the power five level, uh, you know, be, you know, game changers, making plays, being effective at the power five level as well more quarterback trainers um, popping up in the state and, and helping to train and produce quarterback play. And you, you're starting to see, you know, uh, some of that come to to fruition right now with this this quarterback class of Della Portis, Leary, uh, uh, Cargman, and, and Angelique from Bergen Catholic. So it's it's a strong group. That's the first thing I think that pops up for a lot of people when you talk about New Jersey in this class. Uh, and then other than that, uh, you know, running back, uh, solid group, you know, two South Jersey guys that are in the same area and, and Kanye Udo and, uh, and LaQuint Allen in that Atlantic County area as well. And then it's going to be interesting to see what happens to some other positions. Cause there's, there's guys that have a number of power five offers in New Jersey, but don't have one from Rutgers yet. Uh, but Rutgers is keeping an eye on, but you know, quarterback is the one position that's really kind of come to the forefront. Uh, when you look at defensive line as well in state, especially on the edge, there's a, a few guys that have offers already that are, are pretty, you know, pretty highly coveted. Uh, Jihad Campbell down South Jersey, along with Kenny Fletcher down there. And then you think about uh, Dennis DeQuise Jr., another South Jersey guy on in that same area. Uh, three guys that have been recruited heavily by Rutgers already. Uh, and then, you look at a guy like uh, Quayer Price at DePaul Catholic. He's probably not talked about enough, uh, but 
you know, super productive guy, had a really strong junior season. Uh, and I mean, sophomore season, he's opened a lot of eyes already. And then KJ Miles is the guy that has been around the longest. You know, he he was getting offers before he even officially enrolled at, at St. Peter's Prep as an eighth grader. He, he projects to be more defensive tackle. So that defensive line group is is looking pretty strong in this class as well. So those are the two position groups that, that really pop for the most part in New Jersey. And mm-hmm. you, you know, we'll see what happens if we have a season where other guys emerge, a cornerback uh, is another really strong group. Um, you know, obviously Jaden Gould is probably the guy that most people know. He's kind of like a KJ Miles where he came into high school with a lot of notoriety and was, you know, essentially a day one starter at Burton Catholic playing against tough competition there. They got his his best friend, Jaden Bellamy, that transferred in from St. John's Vienne, a, a Rutgers legacy and probably, you know, someone that Rutgers recruiting heavily. And that's, you know, Brian Doan does that list of, you know, the, the top five guys you need to get every every recruiting class. I think Bellamy would be on there because he, he checks a lot of those boxes for Rutgers. And you could even say that, uh, Davidson Ibnosen could also uh, fit as his brother's committed in this in this class of 2021 as well, the cornerback position. So uh, a lot of athletes there. And we haven't even talked about the the top-ranked guy in the state, right? Uh, Keon Saab down in Williamstown. Right. Who mm-hmm. knows what he's going to be? He projects to so many different positions. Uh, you know, he'll probably be a defensive guy, but depending on what happens, who knows what level uh, of the defense he'll play at. Yeah, and I'm interested to see him play, you know, at a, at a higher level of competition coming from group one. You know, I, he, you could tell he was just, you know, so to speak, looking like a man, a man amongst boys. But, you know, playing at Williamstown, uh, he'll, he'll receive some better competition. So uh, hopefully, you know, we get to see some of that. And, you know, they, they have a couple of nice linemen, uh, offensive linemen, too, and Jacob Allen at the Hun and Taj White up in North Jersey at Hudson Catholic. Um, yeah impressed with those guys so it seems like it's really going to be a strong year i mean some of the you have a lot of national recruits in there that, that we mentioned and, and like headed by the quarterbacks which uh do you think Rutgers winds up getting a, a new new jersey quarterback i mean it seems like they're invested in in those guys and it, you know aside from bellin over in in new york it seems like that's just their their main target group right now yeah, I th- I think they have a good shot. You know, they're the the one thing you you can't say about um, this current staff is that they don't work hard, and it's a consistent theme when when we talk to prospects. Who's recruiting you the hardest? Who you talk to the most? Rutgers is always in that group, no matter what. So the 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 effort is is there, um, and, and sometimes that's what matters the most. You know, who who loves you the most? Where do you see yourself fitting? And and people say you go go where you're loved, right? So. Rutgers is doing a really good job of, of making prospects feel the love and, and recruiting them heavily and and you know getting a lot of hands uh, involved you know the area recruiters involved and Sean Gleason uh, the who would be the position coach and OC is involved uh, Greg Schiano uh, getting his hands dirty as, as a head coach which when you look at the the top recruiting programs in the country the the common theme they have is that the head coach also gets his hands dirty in recruiting and you know he it, it means something when a prospect hears from the head coach and Schiano was was always involved uh his previous stints but especially spending that time with Urban Meyer working under him in Ohio State and see how much effort he put in as a head coach in recruiting has, has really rubbed off on Greg Schiano and, and you see that carrying over to what he's doing here. So I, I you know, I think there's a, a legit shot to get one of these guys from from in state for sure. They're they're feeling the love right now. So we'll we'll see what happens in the coming months. I think it's interesting that 
you also have, um, you know, they're they're kind of on even ground with other programs because, you know, they, they the Ohio State's can't sell, you know, their facilities, which may be, you know, better than Rutgers. It's it's now it's like, you know, everything's virtual, so it's it's us against you, and and it maybe puts them more on even footing. Would you say that's accurate? Well, you know, not not so much Ohio State. Maybe not maybe not the best example, you know, but it it, it does. No, but you know what I mean, like yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're left to recruit and and build relationships as opposed to the bells and whistles that might be there when you visit a campus. Yeah, definitely. I I would agree with that. And, you know, one thing, you know, there haven't been as many NFL guys produced um, from Rutgers in recent years. There are some guys they can obviously point to, but Shiano, as you see in a lot of the the marketing that the football program is doing, they're being being able to refer back to the guys that that he produced when he was their head coach, and especially you you look at the New England Patriots. We don't have to run down the names, uh, but all the guys that are there, and then being able to say, you know, you know, I had my hands on them, and you see the long NFL careers that they've had. Um, you know, having Jim Pentagles back in, and and him being able to say, hey. I recruited Sebastian Joseph. You know, I found him. You know, from Eastern PA, he wasn't as highly recruited as he should have been. Uh, now look at him. Or you know, I, I was a guy that identified Kamoko Toure. Now look at him as a second rounder about to break out with the Colts. So it, it's it's being able to work full circle for them and being able to at least point to some of the guys they've been able to produce, even though Rutgers itself has not had a ton of NFL guys in recent years. Okay. And, you know, in talking about these prospects, or I mean, obviously we don't know if there's going to be a season, but it, from everything you heard, um, what's your impressions of what direction this thing is going right now? You know, um, it's it's hard to call it, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I feel for these kids because they, they really want to play football. Um, I think about, especially for, you know, some teams and, and areas that – that, you know, it, it's tough for kids and, and football is, is maybe their way out and the way to, to keep them out of trouble um, when they're out of school. You know, so I, for those guys, I, I'm hoping they you know, be able to have some semblance of a season. But it's, you know, it's, it's really a, a wait and see right now. And at least at, at the high school level, um, I haven't come across or read about any outbreaks uh, in Obviously, the high school age is that demographic where they are less at risk. And I think more of the issue is, is about the coaches and the administrators and the teachers that are around the student athletes and, and things of that nature. So, uh, it, you know, it's going to be a wait and see. Uh, New Jersey has pushed their start date back to, I think it's October 1st to start the season. Uh, and I'm hearing mm-hmm. New York is around the, the same time now uh, when they start. I think they'll start camp in New York in uh, September. And New Jersey schools are having like captain's practices uh, and formal workouts now. Um, Phase one for some schools was in place. I think that started the seasons earlier, and now some schools are starting their phase one. But slowly but surely, uh, the working in the workouts officially with their coaches, and and so far, uh, haven't read or heard about any outbreaks, any local programs. So that's a good sign. Uh, there are a lot of people that are are you know less optimistic about it, and they feel you know it's a matter of time before it, it just doesn't happen for high schools and you know for colleges, the NFL, because there's more of a revenue. Um, perspective involved with it. It's more of a need to do it. Uh, but for high schools, it's not the same. So they, they don't feel that it'll be necessary to have the season. So it's, it's you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, Bobby. I'm just like you. Um, I'm prepared for, mm-hmm. for whatever, you know. I hope we can find a safe way to have some football this fall. But I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, things are pushed back to the spring or even next year. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I did a bit on uh, 
Sirius Radio uh, the other day with it was with a Big Ten show, and they were asking the same thing. You know, what's going to happen in Jersey? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, it changes day to day, and and you have an outbreak here. And I mean, you look at what happened over at the uh, Phillies Marlins game, and yeah. you know, they still have the Phillies not playing, even though no test players have tested positive. So, um, I, I think looking at these professional teams and, and, you know, the power five teams, it'll really give us an idea of how the the high schools are going to go, because I feel like that some of those, those, those professional and and high level college programs need to take the lead and whether they are successful or not, I think that might have a trickle down effect, but um, what happens? I mean, I mean, these kids, obviously they're robbed of a season, but I mean, with the scholarships, um, stay for another year i mean would your fifth year seniors turn into a six-year senior at the college level have you heard anything on that yeah that was the the talk that i i've seen that you know if if players you know would like to opt out and not play this season mm-hmm. that they would you know not be penalized by their school and, and they would retain their scholarship the the thing now that a lot of colleges are looking at is you know whether or not players just opt out of the season i think it's caleb farley that uh was Big time cornerback at Virginia Tech. He's a projected first round pick. He said, "You know what? I'm just not going to play this season. I'm going to get ready for NFL draft." So now it's a question of how many student athletes that are, you know, projected to be NFL picks uh, make that decision uh, not to play this season to protect themselves. Um, you know, so it's it's you know it's it's really. Um, you know, I, I can't call it, Bobby. <laughs> I'm, I usually have some things to say, yeah. but I, I really I really <laughs> can't call it. You know, so. I know at this point it's a lot of conjecture, a lot of speculation, and and just you know some people are just hoping for for the season and and but I mean if I'm a first or second round grade right now I'm not playing the season. I mean it's for those guys it's almost a, a you know a good thing because you you. you Run, you don't run the risk of injury. You protect your draft stock, and, and you don't take a year of of, of uh, bumps and bruises too. Right. You know, some some guys, you know, NFL's careers only last so long. So, um, if if I'm if I'm a first or second round projected guy, there's no way I'm getting on the field this year because it's just it's not a smart business decision for the future. No, most definitely, I would agree with that. If it, if it was my son, uh, and like you said, if if we knew he was a, a surefire first rounder. You know, it's like, all right, maybe mm. let's, let's take it easy and, and just get ready for the NFL. Yeah, it, it's, you know, and like I said, it's, it's, it's the NFL's a business, so you have to prepare for that. But, I mean, uh, you know, that that's only a handful of people. I mean, some of this, the rest of these players just want to play because a lot of them, it's going to be the last football they ever play in their lives. Right. But uh, I guess – you know, like you said, we're just in wait and see mode and, and, and hoping for the best. And uh, anything else you'd like to add about recruiting in general or anything that we didn't touch on? Um, you know, I, I did get out. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, the PSR showcase and uh, shout out to, uh, to yes. Nick uh, Panice. I hope I say your last name right, Nick. Uh, he's really, you know, he's been a savior, I think, for a lot of prospects in New Jersey. Uh, Nick's a, a former staffer uh, under Shiano. He was a student at Rutgers uh, under, you know, the, the first time he was here. And I think Nick also worked for USA Football, and he started this company where he is essentially, it's, it's like a scouting service, and he is uh, compiling data on student athletes for testing. And you know, he was already planning to do his combines. He's been doing that for the past couple of years, but he, he saw an opportunity uh, with there not being a, a lot of chances for prospects to get out due to COVID to, you know, hold combines in the state. He's been holding uh, uh, almost an event every weekend uh, in New Jersey in various parts of the state. 
Uh, I think next weekend he's going to be down in Jackson, New Jersey. The one I attended was uh, in Island, and the weekend after, uh, our other guy, Alex, uh, young guy Alex, was uh, attending the one at Woodbridge that was rained out, unfortunately. But he's been uh, – Nick's been holding these events that are uh, combines and have official testing, uh, electronic testing that he, he disperses. Uh, it disseminates to colleges around the country. You know, and you, you see uh, uh, Fatima Torre, a 2023 receiver at Irvington, uh, Motore's younger brother, you know, performed extremely well at the uh, the uh, Isla one I was at. And, you know, word got around at Rutgers. He tested well, and sure enough, he got his first off from Rutgers a couple of days later. And there have been some other prospects that have been uh, seeing increased college interest in at least getting some data and getting some workout film in, in front of colleges that they were not able to get in the past couple of months. So, so Nick has, has definitely, you know, outside of the high school coaches and, and everyone that are, are trying to keep kids safe as they start their workouts, uh, Nick has been uh, one of the MVPs uh, of this, these past couple of months of COVID in helping out New Jersey high school football. So uh, just shout out to Nick for what he's been doing out there. And you really like Toure uh, from what you told me at the, at the combine. Yeah, you know, I, I've joked with those guys. I'm like, whatever, whatever you guys are eating or drinking. Um, I mean, my boys are, are trending these big already, but I, I need some of that. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's funny. You know, um, he, you know, he's already taller than than Muhammad. Um, and he's he's got the friendly. He he looks. He has that look of of, of a big time wide receiver. Um, you know, he's the. You see, Gleason and, and Shiana have always loved those big outside guys, and, and and he fits that mold. And the the sky's the limit for him. You know, he played a lot. He was productive. Uh, he came on towards the end of last season for Pleasantville, uh, and now he's transferred up to Irvington, North Jersey, where you know his his cousins have played, and uh, the coaching staff there uh, were the ones that worked with uh, Kamoko when he was at Barringer and. The Torrey family, you know, have have always worked out together in some capacity, but uh, now, uh, you know, he's coming up here to play some some North Jersey football with that program. So I can see his recruitment uh, really exploding over over the next couple of years or so. But he, he's got the look and and the swagger and the athleticism to be uh, uh, the next big time prospect from that pro- from that uh, program. Definitely one to keep an eye on, and Muhammad's another one to keep an eye on, as if we get football this this fall, hopefully so. Well, Sean Brown, I can't thank you enough for the insight. It's a pleasure, as always. Check him out on ScarletNation.com, 24-7 Sports, on the roundtable, and we'll be back for some more Scarlet Nation podcasts very soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>